I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. My guest today is a writer at Stack Overflow, an instructor for front-end masters, a developer advocate at Quicken Loans, and the founder and executive director of Vets Who Code. As a writer and instructor, he focuses on those learning how to code and who are looking to get their first job as a web developer. As a developer advocate, he focuses on externally championing the company's tools while internally focusing on improving the culture. And as an executive director, he focuses on training and gathering the resources so that veterans can become employed JavaScript developers with a focus on JavaScript and APIs. His name is Jerome Hardaway. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Jerome, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Thank you for giving me your early Saturday morning. Oh, it's no problem. I'm usually, I'm an early riser. I've been up past hour at least while there's a new movie called songbird out so that i was watching so oh i caught you mid movie well thank you for giving me your time i'm excited to hear your story so let's go back in time shall we start at the beginning yeah sure we'll do that sounds good yeah can you tell me more about you know the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry yeah so um, prior to tech i was in the u.s military i was uh united states air force uh, security forces and the like my job had absolutely nothing to do with uh technology at all i sure. was you know <laughs> yeah essentially on the when i was back home in the states i was either doing security or doing law enforcement and and okay. i was uh overseas i was doing all uh types of like security and like and sometimes infantry style stuff okay. so uh, doing that and traveling, uh, I got to travel a, a little bit, got to go to Korea, got to actually go more, a lot of the Pacific bases on, uh, yeah. like, so hang out in Japan, hang out in China, uh, worked in South Korea, um, then turn around, we went to Iraq and Afghanistan a few times, but, uh, also being stationed out in, uh, Tendo Air Force Base. So doing all of that, um, coming back home after the Great Recession, or during the Great Recession, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I had bought into the hype that people uh, were getting when they joined or left the military. It's, it's a real weird thing. Like when you're getting in, basically rec recruiters tell you that the military is essentially a golden ticket, a golden ticket, a higher uh, mobility. Uh, economic mobility getting you know in the civilian sector then when you're in all everyone tries to do is scare you to keep you in and tell you that hey uh it's yeah don't leave it's scary out there what are you gonna do um and because you know it's one of those things that people don't really like to talk about but the uh transition process in the military is broken it's not designed uh to help you for them to get to the next step it's designed to um you know do what they do best which is what you know they do best but uh, when it comes to like all right once you're either done with them or they're done with you that transition process just isn't there it was especially when i was in it was very um it was very broken so you came out around like 2009 yeah. and you were then just like set up to figure out what you're to do next. Like, were you kind of intending to be a career in the air or what's the language of that career? Yeah. Lifer. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't intending to be a lifer, but I also like when I, when I did get out, I wasn't intended to get out at that time. I ended up getting medically retired. So yeah. So I, I get out, I have my DD-214. Uh, thinking that, you know, life is going to be, you know, the strategy is going to be easy. You know, people have said that, mm -hmm. you know, people value military skills and all this other stuff. And that is true. People value your service. But military skills are yeah. essentially, if you're not in jobs that uh, mimic 
the you know external uh, side of things or if you're um not trying to do that job on the outside it's hard right or in my situation you can't do that job on the outside um government jobs during recessions were a no-go they weren't hiring anyone they were on a you know people tend to forget that you know they were on a four five-year freeze at one point so you come out with a bunch of law enforcement um, experience, which is cool, but no one's hiring um, for. <laughs> yeah, no right. You know, they're like, I'm on a hiring freeze. You're you're looking at what cat what um, oh counties you can work at, things of that nature, and you're like, okay, so that was a great time in the military. You know, I ended up getting a degree in criminal justice and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, I can't use any of this stuff. This is, you know, mm. I'm like that meme where dudes like, this is worthless. Like, that's how I felt. Right. It just yeah. feels so discouraging to them be like, well, wait, what next? And after being promised or like offered this, it'll set you up for life feeling. It then feels like, I don't know. What a oh, yeah, it was definitely, Heroin, to say the least. So, so I am. Sure. So I'm trying to figure out my next plan. I I got lucky and I had like money left over from deployment, so um, I had a little bit of a window, and I was just trying, you know, to figure out what's my next steps. Like, what's you know, what am I gonna do? What what can I do? Yeah. What um, like what uh, what what's gonna, what's gonna be the thing? So I happened to be in a bookstore because I've always loved bookstores. And um, I was also like online and I saw I was on Facebook at the time and I saw a commercial that was being ran on Facebook about coding. And then I was like, what is what is this stuff about? Right. Oh. They had some dude from Miami Heat talking about coding mm-hmm. and all this other stuff like whatever. OK. And then I happened to see an ad about Dell and like not Dell. Uh, so one of those defunct for-profit schools, and they were like ITT Tech or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. and I'm oh, seeing them talk yeah. about coding, and they got terminals up, and they're talking about SQL and databases and stuff. I'm like, what is that? So I'm in this bookstore, and there was yeah, a book on databases. So there, uh, SQL and databases. So I pick up the book, right? Because uh, that's what you do, right? Like, it's a book on databases. I have a little money. I can right. get this book. And I just, you know, I had done my time on my hands. So I just, you know, scour through this book and try as much of this stuff as I can and learn as much as I, as I can from it. And a few months later, I ended up getting my first job uh, with the Department of Home Security as a trusted quick agent. Um, with My primary focus was, like, looking at all these databases and reports to justify if, like, people were able to be on our nation's border like in our nation's waterways right so like okay. uh sure full on data yeah i would say it's more like just joining databases and saying it was this person i go or no go type oh, deal, sure, right sure. so yeah so <laughs> okay, doing it, all this and i was like you know this skill helped me get uh technology helped me get my first job out in the military when uh, nothing else helped me get my first job that I learned in the military. And then okay. when I moved, I moved back home to Memphis to help a relative who, uh, she had, uh, some, uh, health issues. So I was helping her with her kids and I was looking for a job. And the only job I was able to get was a marketing assistant. And the reason I was able to get a digital marketing mm-hmm. assistant, I'm sorry. The reason I was able to get that job was because I was the only person who at the time kind of understood, like, computers at this nonprofit and understood how about you know turnover and like click rate and shit and stuff like that i ended up getting that off of designing a brochure for a golf tournament and then i that was my first project it was successful and then what happened was i i never forget this they were like okay so your first job is going to be the website and i was like the who the what and and they were like, yeah, so you have to do this web. You have to, uh, you could fix this website. So basically, I did what happened to me is what essentially happens to anybody under the age of 20, uh, under the age of 30, when you're working with people who are 20 years older than you. You get the website. Yeah, you the know this stuff. Like, know. oh, <laughs> yeah, you have to know this stuff you because know. you're young. I'm like, wait, what? No, I don't. But I was like, okay, cool, whatever. 
So I spent three months learning everything I can about the, the this website. Now at this at this time, it was a CMS that was based upon Rails, proprietary CMS based upon Rails. Okay. So there it didn't have like the power of like Shopify, like what Shopify does now, because it's like 2010, 2011. So you got to think about Rails back then. And but it was it was a monster, and I and even had a little bit of PHP in it. And I was like, wow. So I'm learning. I'm I'm, I'm trying. I'm understanding what ERB is. I'm I'm understanding what uh, Ruby files are. I'm looking at these weird strings. Yeah, yeah three I mean, months. Great experience, though. I mean, just to like dive in, have to force you or forcing you to learn something. Just that yeah. immediate real world experience. But also, did you have folks to ask questions to, or how did you? Uh, no, I just. Yeah. <laughs> I got books and learning courses. Okay. Like, I would okay. pay you out of pocket for books. And, like, this was back then when people yeah. didn't believe in buying. The resources for you to learn right like it's yeah. your job you're gonna figure it's it your out. responsibility to do right. yeah figure it out so you know i figured it out though in three months we had a site that you know by the end of the year was actually faster performing uh 26 percent better uh we were we had a hundred percent increase on our uh our digital donation uh rate uh we, like i had fixed that funnel that pipeline all the way through, I actually learned a lot about UI and UX and interaction design and things like that. I was learning this stuff without even knowing what it was, simply mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know. Now you're able to name it. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, I was doing it, and now I know what it's called. It's like, oh, so that's what I'm doing it. So, you know, wow. two years after that, I was just, um, I was getting kind of disgruntled a little bit because I felt like, it was all, it was in the veteran space, and the problem with it being in the veteran space was what I saw like when it came to the issues of veterans. It's like I didn't feel like the problem was getting solved. I just felt like it was a band aid. Like everybody was talking about veteran homelessness, but there were things, especially in my generation, um, when people started coming through that were like in my age bracket. It had nothing to do with like substance abuse and alcohol mm. abuse so like these yeah. organizations they were like completely under they were completely like unprepared for what mm. my generation of veteran was right. going through uh it was a lot of it was some of it was ptsd but a lot of it was jobs like they the veterans would come back and they didn't have the skills to uh well, like to say pay the bills right they just yeah. it wasn't a thing so I was like, why, initially I was like, why don't we get ahead of it? And before um, they get in these things, we start teaching them skills that, you know, are readily available in the market. And that yeah. people are asking, what, what, what type of skills you're talking about? I was like, well, what about web development? And I never forget looking in a room for a 60 year old man. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, like they looked at me like I had just spoke German and yep. like, 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 it was really crazy. Like I just cursed out everybody's mom in this room, essentially. Oh my um, god! <laughs> and the one thing that was like for me that was the most offensive thing about this moment was one of the guys was like, um, "Can like veterans even do this type of work?" And like I'm like, I just fixed the website, and I'm a veteran. So what makes you think that veterans can't do this work? Which I learned another new uh, wrinkle in time. That if you're black, people don't assume that you're a veteran, like which mm-hmm. is wild. So everybody has this idea idea in their head that veterans are six foot three, Chris Evans is or uh, John Kronoski with a beard, uh, like dudes. So you so you either A or B. You're either a six foot three white dude without a beard or a six foot three white dude with a beard. And between, yeah. if, if, if you're a woman, a Hispanic, if you're a woman, Hispanic, Latinx, uh, LGBTQIA, uh, or a black, if you're any other minority, they don't see you as a veteran initially. Like, if you're, if you're white dude, soon you're a veteran. If you're not, like, oh, it's a shock to 
everybody. Shocking. But, and then so, also to then add the piece of like, oh, and you want to learn to code? Like, excuse, like that seems like it was, you know, confounding their definition. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, well, I've learned how to code. I actually right. built this website. I actually figured out the parts of this website that needed programming and coding. And I was telling them, and I was showing them this website and like the, you know, the company, the Oryx website. And it was just, it was wild that people did not understand. Like people just thought I was like crazy. So six, seven months go, go, go by. And I get a phone call one uh, morning about this uh, veteran who had just recently lost his life. And the family isn't getting any help or any services because uh, the uh, local government org has just has said that this is a no go. And and the way that a lot of people don't know is that, which is like kind of makes Spencer Co unique and why we work hard and why our success rate, our success ratio, is so good. Like we're the only metric focused nonprofit out there that isn't getting government funding, like period, like across the board. When you look at every other organization out there that has like actual success metrics, we're the only ones that don't get government funding. Um, Then it was this incident that inspired me to do my best and not get government funding because, you know, I was here and I was watching this family of this veteran uh, not, you know, get the help they need because uh, the local the government said no. So all the VSOs were like hands off because they didn't want to piss off Big Brother and affect their funding. Right. And right. so, yeah. So I am on this. Uh, so I get this call to help this family. And I'm like, um, if, you know, no VSO, no organization uh, said they're going to touch it, then the org I work at is going to touch it. Like, no, but I know that you can figure something out to help. Like, you're, you, you, you know, you spent... The past year and have meetings, going every uh, thing that you could to meet people and talk to people and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So why why not? Uh, you should do this. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me see what I can do. So I yeah, because you know the fun thing about being young, um, or at least at the time, um, is that you 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 is way from the young like. Old people are cynical, right? Like, when you get past, like, 35, you become super cynical because, you know, all the life experience is, like, kind of, like, kicking you right. in the shin, in the shin like, all day. Eagerly, you're, like, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Let me do this thing that is by that without the idea that, you know, of reality should be impossible, right? So I get up. And do this thing that's impossible. I build a website, start telling the story, start blasting it out, and using um, a simple bootstrap, MySQL, PHP website, single page, um, sh- sharing his images, adding videos, talking to his family, getting news media, getting buzz. And in 27 hours, I raised $10,000 for this family. Yeah, all off the internet. And I'm like, holy, holy yeah, hell. Like, yeah, I can't believe I did that. So I, we donated to them and people are like, oh, so what are you going to do next? And I'm like, I'm right. going to bed. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? I just, I just blew my whole weekend, like doing, like doing this. Like I, I'm like, yeah. like yeah. I need to rest. Like I'm, I'm in my twenties. I don't know what I'm doing. So little did I know. I was never going to be able to rest again. So Monday morning rolls around. I'm in the office of my my uh, the executive director of the org, and he's very upset with me because not only did I do a thing that none of them were going to do, I pulled it off successfully, and I did it. I mean, and I didn't name the org I worked at. And my rationale was pretty easy. I was like, you literally said you could do this. Why if it works? Like if it if it failed, you would want to have distanced yourself from me as far as possible. So why if it worked, you know, you all want it, you know, everybody wants credit for it, right? Mm-hmm. And turn into this really big deal. The regional director of the veteran of, of the VA had called him like Friday night asking all these questions about me, trying to figure out how did I do this and what's going on, who's this guy and all this stuff. 
because so like yeah oh yeah God. so there's there's leadership that was trying to and there are people in the veteran affairs leadership at the time in the Viet, in St. Louis trying to figure out who the hell I am and who's this dude that's doing the thing that we said we can't do right, right. so like you know, everybody's they're mad because a I did it without them and b like like I it worked so you it turned successful <laughs> yeah so you know via and what people don't understand is that like organizations like that that uh get so much funding and things from like um from government they're not well built for disruptive behaviors mm-hmm. like it's whether positive or negative disruption yeah. is not the thing that they need yeah yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it was a, for the next two months, my life was hell. They wanted to know everything I did. And then suddenly, oh I had gosh, never been able to. Like, yeah, I did a good deed. And everybody wanted to know what I was doing. Like, everybody wanted, everybody had a problem with it. Wow. So, um, while people were asking what I was going to make, I was like, I think I'm going to teach veterans how to code. And yeah. of course, that was a problem because now that it worked, my organization wanted the uh, dibs on the idea of what I was doing. And I was like, mm. no. So I would never discuss it on ground. I never use my private email. I, I just, it was like, I was like, I'm just going to treat this like a black ops mission, right? <laughs> or, or treat it, yeah. Or treat it like a, yeah, treat it like a thing that my, like, or can't, uh, they can't, I can get in trouble over. So this dude, he just, he was very angry and vindictive over like this whole deal. And I ended up having, I ended up, uh, getting wrongfully terminated off of it to the point because like it was just such a toxic, uh, environment because he was mad that for like every month, the thing that my little side project was getting media attention and I was drowning out their org. Here I am, this one kid who's drowning out the organization and he thought, you know, and he was paying me at the time $10 an hour uh, because let's say I should use like, you know, I was basically using that money and using um, my disability for being a disabled veteran at some point in my life. And he calls in uh, after he fires me, he calls in this big org, uh, he's, which I know he's paying way more than what he's paying me uh, to essentially do my job. Right. So he pays this out of company organization to do the work that he was paying me which if he had paid me that i could have done a lot better work right if i was required if i was given those tools which just let me know how you know or like older organizations play right they it's always i mean or, and i understand the business it's always give you know get the most bang for your buck but as a you know he hurt his own organization try to get back at me and i was trying to show me something but yeah, but like unbeknownst to him, I had a scholarship to go to New York for like three months and learn a bunch of coding and like stuff like uh, an internship to go to New York, pay and learn as much as possible for three, four months. So I did wow. that. Yeah. Okay, so and he had, was that just kind of through while you were pursuing your side? That's not. Yeah, it was all through uh, learning, trying to build Vetsu code. Uh, basically, I applied for a program, and they did this weird, stupid test that I've always told people. Like, I'm a whole, I'm totally against like logic-based tests because mm. they're not a good indicator of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're basically asking me how to get like two, I don't know, gooses across a the back of a beaver without one of them getting eaten by a snake or some shit like that, right? <laughs> Something stupid. Something stupid, right? Something that made absolutely no sense. Like, why do I just, like, I don't know, like, shoo the snake away and then get rid of the stuff? Like, it never made any sense. <laughs> so, um, and they were like, oh, well, because you couldn't you can really figure that out, you didn't really have a thing where, like, you can build anything logical with this and, like, we don't get you, think you'd be a fit. It's like, okay, cool. That happened a month prior to the incident. Right, uh, the the thing that like the twenty seven hours and like things like that. Well, a week after, um, the next week after all this stuff, 
they had called up and like, yo, we have an extra spot for you. We see what you can do. Yeah. You should come up here. Yeah. Um, it's very funny what happens when you give people the chance and agency to build amazing things is that, you know, versus trying to give, trying to build versus gatekeeping, right? Yep. Uh, trying to find a tool. Yeah. Instead of trying to find a way to gatekeep and look for what you think is desirable. Let people build something in prod and do something cool because that's exactly what happened to me, right? Betsy Code, uh, my first swing at it of doing something in production on my own, raised ten thousand dollars for a family in twenty-seven hours. So I and I try to tell people that all the time. Just think how much talent you're leaving on the floor trying to build a process that can uh, keep you, make sure that you know you get the good fit or the person that you think can do the job, right? The person that only thinks about the problem one particular way. And yeah. Approaches, yeah, exactly. And the way that they want them to solve it, sure. Ugh. Yeah, so, and I, of course, kept this close to the chest because if this guy had known that I was going to be sent up to New York, I was going up to New York to, <laughs> like, be, like, 10 times better in my field, I could only imagine how he was going to act. So I ended up getting... I literally, he ended up, I ended up getting fired like two weeks before I had to leave anyway. So it didn't really hurt me. So, <laughs> yeah, great timing. Thank and, you so much for support. Jeez. Yeah. So, like, I ended up going to New York and it's a very funny story because I had a person that worked, the person was a friend and worked there and she knew, but he didn't. And, uh, there, there was this meeting. And like someone on the news about something about you know, he's never going to be able to get like a job in Memphis again when I'm done with him. Oh, and right. she, yeah, and she was like, "He's not even here. What are you talking about?" And he was like, "What? Yeah, he went on got a whole scholarship and an internship to go learn more tech stuff in New York. He's been gone for like two weeks." And he was like, "She's like same in Memphis." Meanwhile. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that was a, it was a funny how that worked out because he couldn't tarnish my name in Memphis in technology because he had no connections right. in technology. Hey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was very it was very funny because she was like, "Yeah, here's a story right here." They wrote a whole thing about it, and he was like, <laughs> he was like just dumbfounded. And I told her, I like she told him, like he was like, "Well, that ain't gonna end up to nothing," and it ended up to a lot. Actually, I ended up building a lot of relationships, uh, doing a lot of really good work. And I ended up uh, going through and within halfway through my halfway through my internship, I ended up having a job uh, with uh, getting, my, getting my first job in Ruby, the only Ruby job in Memphis I ended up getting. Amazing. Uh, and, I, and I targeted that job specifically because I was in New York and New York was going through a big boom of Ruby and Ruby on Rails education. Yeah. I knew it'd be very easy for me to learn Ruby on Rails in New York while I was there, and I and it and it was absolutely right. Learning Ruby on Rails in New York, like you know, and that's how you know how languages are kind of like regionalized and or technologies are regionalized, right? Like if you're in if you're in South, like learning .NET is super easy, or if you're in Middle America, .NET super easy. Uh, you go you go to West Coast, like .NET, like people are like, what? What are you talking about? So, like, you know, I was able to leverage that community to be able to get this job in another place that I knew was having problems because no one was going to go and learn Ruby when .NET and PHP was the prevalent server-side languages in that community. It's the same, you know, that's just a, you know, that's a business move for your career, right? Am I going to invest this time to learn a language that there's only one job about it in this region and no other jobs are ever going to come back? Coming this region about this, so learn. I learned it. Got it. Usually get my foot in the door. Learn, but learn PHP as well. Was able to stay there for a year and a half. Moved to Nashville for an Angular on Rails job, oh. and that was yeah. So I was able to find another job with Rails. Ended up getting that contract. Uh, while this whole time, I just started. I taught my first two cohorts of uh, Betsu of Betsu Co. Oh, I should probably go back to this. I totally like foobarred this. Uh, while after I taught my first cohort, my first year of Etsu Code, coming back to Memphis while working full time, um, focusing 
mainly on uh, front-end technologies. I end up getting, I end up getting 50 students, teaching 50 students, 50 students getting jobs. Hello, We Belong Here listeners. I recently learned about a new empowering and personable book that every career transitioner will love. It's called From Cubicle to Cloud, How to Start and Scale a Virtual Professional Service Business by the Queen of Cass herself, Jennifer Brazer. She gives vital and empowering advice to entrepreneurs at all stages in their entrepreneurship journey, working to scale their businesses in a post-COVID world. Jennifer's experiences while building her company, Complete Controller, produced an essential guide for anyone wanting to create a cloud-based service business. Her groundbreaking business, which disrupted and reinvented client account services, is one of the first completely cloud-based accounting services in the country. Whether your specialty is accounting, therapy, design, law, coding, or another field, Jennifer's book provides indispensable tools that will set up a cloud-based professional service for maximum success while sharing entrepreneurship dreams, nightmares, and lessons learned along the way. Are you ready to take your business to the cloud in 2021? From Cubicle to Cloud is published by Greenleaf Book Group and is available everywhere books are sold starting January 26, 2021. But you can pre-order online now from your favorite book retailer. While you wait for your book to arrive, check out Jennifer's favorite breakthrough exercise for entrepreneurs, the pen to paper at jenniferbrazer.com. Back up. Yeah. So, oh my yeah. gosh. So, my first, were you doing the instruction or? Yeah, I was doing, like, I learned a lot about instruction. Like, I, I especially wow. in, like, this year, I'm a big instructional design fanatic. Right. Yeah. If you look at our curriculum, I designed that. Like, I took a year and a half of research just to design that back two nice. years ago. I love the the idea of of teaching and how to teach. Like that's something yeah. that people just really don't look at. And yeah. like, I'm a, I'm a what, prior English teacher, and I yeah, I'm I'm obsessed. I totally connect to this. It's absolutely <laughs> like a fascinating space to be in. Yes. So that happened, and the White House heard about it, and <sighs> they were like, "Hey." Uh, we were doing this White House demo day. Would you like to show up? And like, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, cool. Like, you know, I don't like, you know, I don't have to take a bullet for this and I get to see a president. Okay. It's awesome. Let's go. Uh, so I get there, realize I am the only African American. I'm the only nonprofit there. Everybody else is a company that was invited up. I'm the only veteran. And I'm the only, um, like, I'm the only African, I'm the only veteran and the only nonprofit there. So I'm like, holy oh, crap, like, this is super cool, right? Like, you know, 50, they invite 50 people to meet Barack Obama and only, the only veteran, that the person that, the, the person that's <laughs> representing the U.S. military is a veteran of color who focuses on teaching veterans who, just like him, came out the uh, military oh. without skills uh to help them get jobs and teaches those veterans skills helping get jobs like i'm like yo this is the coolest moment of my life right <laughs> that's, emotional. So, that's so I, incredible <laughs> i don't think I, like, I don't think that's gonna i was like i there's nothing i can do to top this no so I mean, yeah that's that's one of those moments <laughs> yeah so i did that um came back home and people you know were like yo that's super cool that's and, for the program yeah so yeah, and like it was, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty good. After that, I moved to, uh, I moved to Nashville, did the Angler on Rails contract. Uh, it was after the contract ended, I focused on getting another contract and using the opportunity to get contract, uh, work to like give me some bandwidth to build my, build the product really how I wanted to see it and to really mm-hmm. focus on the on deep dive on what I really wanted it to be. Um, had a one like this is like where my incident of adversity and failure come into play, right? So I'm you know I'm doing good, I'm getting all this stuff. I just one of the biggest things just happens. I just took a veteran on a a hiring tour, on a tech tour to in San Francisco, right? So you know I took him all these places and stuff like that, and oh all all this media news like I'm one person. I have 150, 200, 300, 500 people uh, wait lists on getting Vesuco, right? No way. 
Yes, wow. including this one person whose name I don't know. I don't know. I kind of don't care what his name is because he used a you know he's on Reddit and he uses a fake like you know that's what people on Reddit do they all use a real name. He gets. Um, mad because he loved everything I did, loved it for like one moment, one minute, he loves everything I, I'm about, loves everything I did, talks about how he did Michael Hartle's, uh, Rails tutorial, all this jazz in his, in his contact form. But because it takes us three days to reach him, mind you, we have a, I have a huge That's backlog on just one yeah. person. He gets mad and makes up this huge lie about me. And yeah. because, yeah. And because I can't, like, there's a back and forth, a cooperation, like, I can't, like, it's his word versus mine, right? He's not showing proof, he's just saying stuff. And people are believing him because he's, you know, and that's where the whole, like, people, when people say about military and race, and when they doesn't see race, like, military absolutely sees yeah, race. Yeah, so I was like, right. nobody in the whole conversation even assumed I was uh, OEFYF veteran, but everybody assumed he was a veteran. He had no receipts, nothing. But he said that I was a scam. And I was like, no, that's not true at all. I just have a bunch of people. And then, of course, all of a sudden, these military officers who were in Austin, Texas, they came up and they, and they came on this thread and they started shitting on me because they were mad that I wouldn't let them use the Betsuko brand name uh without like i was like no it's a brand and i don't know what you're doing out there i'm using this to raise money to actually teach veterans in a segment and way you want to use the brand that i'm paid that i like copywritten and i've done all this yeah. stuff for i made a logo or what's like you want to use my baby's name uh to you know push your group of sorts right and um their meetup and i was like okay so what happens is when people are looking for me they might come to you or vice versa i'm like they don't they don't care like they they're still in there you're enlisted and i'm an officer type thing and i'm like this is the real world what matters is metrics i'm like you may have been a marine officer but i'm the one that was invited to the white house for his actual work so right. that doesn't even make sense in this in this oh, like God. time frame like we're not active duty anymore so they get on there and they shit on me and it's like this whole thing where I'm just like, and like people think, oh, it's no big deal. It's absolutely a big deal because it's what's the she say, uh, she say, I'm an African American male. People naturally, like I said, people don't, uh, people don't assume positive intent when you're a black man in America, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of what you have to prove. Yeah, um, or that you're doing as well. Done so far, and yeah, jobs, etc., and taught. Yeah, yeah. Was- three or four, three or four white dudes said that I was shit without saying, "Oh no, this was a personal thing that they had against me." It had nothing to do suddenly with my work, true. and yeah. suddenly, yeah. like, I was a fraud. So right. I had to spend six months of you know while still teaching veterans uh, how to code and getting success rates. Basically, having to triage my reputation on my second year in the business, so I am uh, essentially paying out of pocket the second year of Etsuko, one hundred and fifty percent out of pocket. Uh, everything like I had to take a loan out, I had to, all this stuff to pay for Vetsuko. Um, oh my god! Because like I couldn't raise, I couldn't raise the money. Yeah, oh even the board, god. like I couldn't raise the money, right? So. The, I started talking to my veterans, and there's one thing that was very hard for me because I hated how active duty, I hated how DSOs would uh, put like their people that were success stories up and forward to showcase the work they were doing. I hated that because I was like, I don't think I felt like veterans didn't want to be like, um, like brought out and like ponied around, and that. That was right for those veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those veterans were homeless on um, alcohol, uh, mm-hmm. substance abuse, drug abuse, things like, no, they didn't want the opponent to be pulled out in front of, put in front of the camera talking about how this org is helping them when they're at their lowest moments. My veterans, on the other hand, what I learned, they were effing elated, right? Mm-hmm. They, yes, of course I'll tell this person with this org. I was making $35,000 last year. Now I'm making seventy. 
Like, yes, <laughs> I will gladly tell people what the work you've done. Uh, this dude, he was uh, one guy. He was like, of course, I'm gonna tell people what to do. I was making Shout forty thousand dollars. Yeah, I was making forty thousand dollars a year as a freelancer, freelancing at a company that was in Ohio while I was living in New York. And I got my first job in my first big job in San Francisco. I'm making a hundred thousand dollars. I went from forty k to a hundred k, and I'm living in San Francisco, like single, it. living it up. Like, yeah, I'm gonna tell. Yeah, so I started asking, and veterans like, yes, of course, yes. Like, what you do is great for us. Like the the work right. and stuff, and that's kind of, that helped quickly start turning the tide, right? Having these dudes um, come up and like, and, or even worse, when like there was, we had no idea who this person was. Like, I still don't know. Every year or something, right before giving season and fundraising season, so I would get a, tr a troll. I surmised it was the same person. I also, I used to surmise it was maybe my old boss. And they would be like trying to like turn, uh, like try to like turn people against me or say that, right. uh, try to call me a fraud or something like that. Oh my and god! And we started a yeah, god. yes. These are the horror stories that people don't know about being about the work that I do. You're getting like good friends right. for getting this type of stuff because uh, people don't ask you ask the questions. Um, so. We move our blog to Dev too because I wanted a friendly community, and I really yeah. love like I really love practical Dev and what Ben's done over there, yes. and the work that they uh -huh. like how they made to make it the they made it one of the friendliest places for to learn, yeah, no, right? Definitely. So and negative, they like handle it and reach out and oh yeah, they handle it like that's what I love. Like I said, I love how they handle stuff. So we start our blog and the. The person comes up and do this thing. First, it was like I, it helped me. It helped me to like kind of like well, I like, was practical dev. And then it helped me most is that practical dev is the markdown. So this person couldn't really get their message across because they couldn't really, you know, you have very little time. Like being a troll is not a full time job unless you get right. paid by like Russia or something. <laughs> right? So this person had to do this quick without and didn't have time to learn markdown really well they figured out how to bolt like figure out like the bold things but other than that that was it bravo so, <laughs> so that, like it was a really really weird crappy message because i know like they never see the mark because like oh this person's right. never seen a markdown editor so this person the my troll is not in technology which is very which helps me like i'm like okay telling. that's cool yeah it's very telling um it's just a person that doesn't like me personally doesn't want me to succeed and they don't really care about what the, the veterans succeeding well not only that's my veterans are on there and they do know markdown and code and like no this is year three four i got an army i got a, a you know a, almost a battalion of veterans that can you know speak up for me so right. i just throw i literally just throw it in our slack channel and they hammer him and hammer it and i'm like no this yeah. dude help me put food on my on the table, my family. What are you talking about? Like, I don't, like, no, no, yeah. no, this is real. Like, no, I don't like. I don't. I don't know what you have. And then I, I know it had. I just knew it was a troll and a place from Memphis. That's what make everybody thinks it's like my. It's like the, my last boss, or he got somebody doing it because it was like so this person <laughs> only talked about Memphis, and he never talked about how Memphis. Like, you know, very funny things about Memphis that people don't like to talk about um, now. They don't talk about how they never supported my work. They never bring up how after uh, they never supported my work, they found a person who happened to be a person of color, and they've championed this person of color for the past two years um, for doing pretty much the exact same thing I do, um, but or doing what I did, but um, a whole three years later. And it's always been this like weird relationship with that city because Memphis is very uh, Memphis and Memphians in general are not very. I'm not gonna say I'm sorry. I'm just gonna move on and like try to do right from this point on. And so I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. But it it was funny to me because I was like, every time I turn around, it's some troll from Memphis every year would try to come at me. And Didn't your happen this year. Remote, right? Like so. Yeah, hundred percent helping remote. everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, not, it was very weird. It was very weird. Like Memphis bubble. Yeah. Exactly. You would you would have thought that though. Um, it was very much. Uh, it was very weird, and I would tell people. 
um, all the time. Like I made it remote so I did not have to depend on any one community on trying to create talent because when you do that, you have the problems of like governments and business partners and company partners. Like, you know, they all want to get their impact. Like I remember early on, like even though I was getting my metrics with uh, using Ruby on Rails stack, like I placed a person at Airbnb a week prior to that. What, when Memphis was trying to talk about their tech hire stuff, they were trying to get me to go .NET. And I was like, I don't want to do .NET. That's another thing I got to learn on top of. And I, I just came out to figure out how to learn it and figure out how to teach it effectively in the manner that people actually want to learn it. Like, that's the thing with that's code. I don't just teach code. I teach it in the manner that people want to learn it. And the veterans, they literally know. Like, I, I can tell a difference between when I teach something and when someone else teaches something, because I get the feedback immediately, right? Like, no, you taught it in a manner that I understood, that I enjoyed, and I learned a lot. So, like, that's why we did this whole remote thing to keep it, right. you know, free, right? Keep it free from influence. It was just like that. So when that happened, I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. But until it was actually, and it's so super weird to even say this because people don't understand it but the best thing that happened to vwc was COVID, because people like yeah it's very weird to say that because people are like what the fuck like yeah like oh what the hell um yeah so uh, basically you know mexico has always been successful but it was also kind of to people it was kind of kitsch because oh you had you can be no you're virtual but i you know but why not just you know move it into a, a building or do something else and i would explain to them the processes of like, just think how much, like one of the things that we're doing is 80% of your money is going towards tools and resources for veterans uh, at a much more reasonable fundraising price point than it would if you did like a building, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you gotta have a lease and then you gotta put people's names on the bricks and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, People have to uproot their life and move to come participate in it. And then they're lacking community. Like there's no, you know, boot camps are intense programs and, you know, having a foundation of folks kind of like surrounding them is a huge piece to it also. Yes. So what happened was then COVID hit and everybody had to go home. Right. And everyone <laughs> and they're like, Oh look, you've been doing this that way the whole time. Yeah, and well, yeah, that's what happened. Like people were like they were asking they were talking about nonprofits and they were asking nonprofits, How are you adapting to COVID? I was like, I didn't even I was working from home at the time, um, anyway. So I was like, it was just another day at the office for me. Like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Like, nah, like we had already had all these infrastructure stuff built in. Because to me, working in the office never made sense. Like I see some value, like when you have kids and dogs and stuff. But you, if you could cl- just find a quiet place and close the door, then you're good to go, right? I'm in my I'm in my closet right now. We're getting it done. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of it was one of, it was one of those things. But I was like, sure. that doesn't to me. It was like physical like work and stuff never really made sense. Because one of the things that you're doing is you're um what people are now starting to do is to stop doing you're coupling talent with a location right but when you're hurting yourself because there might be better people out there who just can't do the thing that you want them to do which is physically move right you know you, i tell people all the time yeah i'm in time so i go through the facebook um hiring process and then like the no-go uh, was moving to california like i don't want to move to california like cost of living in uh, the south while the South has some problems, cost of living is, you know, effing fantastic. Like, for what? Um, I could pay for a house in the South. Like, I could get, like, a 600-square-foot apartment in California. Like, why would I Why would I do that? So it was just, like, now people are starting to decouple. I just read about Goldman Sachs allowing their talent to move to Florida. Several investors, like, New York um, finance companies saying, oh, we're going to open up a uh, HQ in Florida, things of that nature, because yeah. people, you know, you, you're learning that, hey, there's a huge, there's huge portions of our job that don't have to be done in the office. But that's the code. We already knew that. Like, there's a lot of things, like, we adopted a lot of things for open source. We adopted a lot of things from, uh, just using Git and Slack. It's really as our home base of operations, right? You right. had Slack yeah. as the VDOT. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So it just really, you know, we just really blew up. It's been our largest, year, our biggest year in like fundraising because of, oh, for fundraising in particular. That's interesting. Yeah. I was gonna. I I was thinking applications or applications, students, and everything across the oh, board. Sure. We've gotten yeah. we've gotten more job offers. Yeah. We've gotten um, our Slack side chats have been bigger. We had a demo day, our first ever demo day, and we were able to bring in Adi Asmani, Neil Dash, co-founder of Glitch, and. Mm-hmm. Melanie Sumner, she's an accessibility expert and on the Ember Core team at LinkedIn. So we were able to have these people talk. And then I was able to co-host one of my alumni who works at, who works at uh, Amazon, having those conversations and like people being able to see, hey, yo, like, here's the founder, here's these heavy hitters in tech. And the co-host at one point in time was where I am. He's up there yeah. with them. And Aww. he works at Amazon. Like that puts fire that's on. A better feeling. Oh my yeah, gosh, that's right. And that's how you know. That, that's how you know. It's always about veterans helping veterans, but veterans helping veterans in a manner that, like, yo, let's do this front site focus, so we can, you know, like help yeah. and pour back into each other, right? That you know that our veterans have got jobs. We've been honored multiple times by GitHub. We're working with GitHub for about a year. Um, we're doing all of this like work to make our organization even better. Like we're doing on phase one of our curriculum right now to see what mm-hmm. new tools we can add in. Um, because oh, yeah, it got to stay timely. It's tough though. But I, know, really, just looking, to I love me, that you have that open source. First of all, I think that's so cool. While we've been talking, I've been just poking around. <laughs> I, for, I should say I'm obsessed with your pre work. Uh, I think that that like there's you give all the steps of what you expect of someone who's applying, but then asking them to build a website with the tools that you had just provided and kind of, you gave them the resources and then build. I love it. I think it's brilliant. It is brilliant. It's the secret sauce of Vesu code Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. instead of, because what I've learned in my, in my almost decade of being in technology and just with working with veterans is that, when it comes to hiring process, the whole code challenge thing is stupid and is a gate check, is a gatekeeping thing, right? Rotate this matrix and <laughs> yeah. But all right, here what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you your, I'm gonna give you the tools you need, exactly. and then you could use your other tools and you use this to build a thing, and then we can mm-hmm. talk about this thing, right? Explain to me why you made those choices. Walk me through yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and people don't even know, but they're getting like their first kind of taste of a tech interview yeah. when they're interviewing with Vetsu Code. They have no idea that that's like a lot like how a lot of tech companies are moving towards, right? So, like, they're right. just. But like, they're also then building their portfolio, too. Like, you're equipping exactly. them with their first repo then. And whereas you have tons uh, of other folks that graduate from other boot camps and they don't know, like, any part of Git. And so I just think that exactly. you're tackling it. That's the, you're the first person I've talked to in years that saw that logic, right? Of like making them like I, my goal, my even the veterans sometimes don't get it, right? That the the idea is for you to start working on your portfolio even before you get into that to go right. like yeah, you're yeah. building your presence yeah Thank and you. hanging you. those conversations and you like kind of the vernacular and lexicon of tech can be really gatekeeping too and so just like giving them that language is such a it's a tool that they're adding to their tool belt that's like i said it's so refreshing to talk to another person <laughs> that loves that loves instructional design because a lot of right. people they have no idea what this what, these like tough tactics are and then i'm doing these like this habit stacking and these they're like tool pattern matching to you know yeah. make people you know learn without knowing that they're learning and it's it's just it, this is this is awesome hello we belong here listeners today's episode is brought to you by an incredible new community program and app called shape and foster which is made up of six experts who decided to take members on a 12-month journey of lifestyle development and provide knowledge and actionable insight via professionals in mental health fitness nutrition financial planning and life coaching as well as live yoga classes it's available on both android and apple platforms as well as on the web 
I have it as an app on my phone and it's exactly what I've needed to start 2021 off in a healthy and positive way. Shape and Foster believes that lifestyle development is all about enhancing your quality of life by improving awareness, identity, and potential. Join me and get started with Shape and Foster and embark on a journey of lifestyle development today. I think it's neat to have that applicable application process as well in the sense that, okay, now I, as I'm learning while going through Vets Who Code, I can continue working on my own website and implement the things I'm learning in that mode, like each week of curriculum too. And so that kind of gets to demonstrate it's an external version of everything that I'm taking in. And that is just, you know, for portfolio wise, you can't beat that because so many folks finish their programs and then are set out to start building out, you know, repos or, you know, establishing their presence online. And I think it's really neat that you speak to that, even just when someone's thinking about and considering the program. Well, you know, I want to, I want them to succeed. Like we don't get, we don't get <laughs> government funding. We don't have business right. partners. Our funding directly comes from, uh, donors, small t- small donors. The average uh, donation amount is twenty five dollars. That you know is based on our success metrics. So and you, yeah. it's fully funded. Like it's a free program for those who are accepted into it. Correct? Yes, absolutely free. Oh my god! We don't. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. That's incredible. Yeah. So we don't do you know a lot of we don't do a lot of crazy things um, like that, right? So we just try to. I, I think I was just trying to find a way to uh, to do it the smartest way that people can constantly learn without knowing and learn. Mm-hmm. Now the hardest part is trying to get them to get the eureka moment, right? Like uh-huh. I have to, yeah. you know, then I, it gets to a point where I got to spell out everything you knew to a person that they don't even know what all they know. Right. So, right. but yeah, you are ready like to that. apply. Look at what you know, because that fear of imposter syndrome and like oh my gosh everyone else is such an expert or they're so much smarter than me in the industry i'm not ready like that is a whole other thing to battle it's so weird because in with working with veterans what i learned you know working with myself Mm -hmm. two things that people have the hardest things to do with our community anyway is asking questions yeah not asking questions early on i would say like don't ask questions sort of too late when you're when you're too deep in it ask questions on a bug that i could have asked someone and gotten you know in 10 minutes something like that yeah yeah and like just you know putting yourself out there like they don't they're like oh well my work should say um say, speak for myself right. no that's not how work works like no that's not how anything in real life works you're thinking of how the military where at the end you give your bullets to your supervisor and your supervisor writes an epr for you no this is the real world that's not how um, it works out here. No, there is no supervisor. There's no EPR. You are the supervisor. You're the, you're the bullet writer. Learning something like that sounds like it doesn't happen in a day because that's just... No, it doesn't. Oh. It does not. But it helps when, you know, and it's so funny because it's like being a parent. Right. Or being married. Right. You say something and no one believes you. But then somebody outside of the relationship says the exact same thing. And then peep. And then it's like, oh, you're right. So like, oh, that I had a situation uh, recently where like, well, not I guess within a month where a veteran did his portfolio and it was nice. It was animated. It was like, it was a great front end portfolio. Yeah, sure. Well, another veteran turned around and said, well, I don't like it. It's too flashy. There's too many moving parts. I can't say he, he was very like, get off my lawn with it. He, he was very, I like it flat and I like it like basic. And I was like, that is, I never taught you that. And no one would ever like hire a front end developer with a basic website because you're not really, flexing the front end muscle yeah so uh i had this so this veteran who was getting the slack for his portfolio showed it during his one-on-one at a workshop with github universe uh and the recruiter the person absolutely loved it and she was like you know what i see with front ends all the time is the most boring um the most boring like 
websites. Like, no, you're a friend. I want you to flex. Like, I want you to, you know, make me, make me like, make me excited, make me pause. Like, I'm going to spend four seconds on your website if your website doesn't make me pause, right? You know, and, you know, your website made me want to stop, made me want to look around, made me want to like see what you're blogging about, see what you're doing on code and all this other stuff. Yeah, and he came back with that report. He said, yeah, so basically everything that Jerome said worked. And I was like, I know. I just threw my hands up. I was like, like, cause that's, like that's how being a parent and being a spouse is, right? You say it, it doesn't count. Then, like, the teacher says it, and everybody gets it. Or, like, the therapist says it, and everybody gets it. Yeah. Like, okay, this is bull. Like, I don't want to say I told you so, so but... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's my hardest thing. Like I like saying I told you so. So I gotta work on that. Gosh. Yeah. Sounds like an incredible program and you know, this the proof is in the pudding in the like that there is so many success stories and I, I'm just so impressed. I'm so excited for folks to be able to participate in this too, because it seems like such a positive learning environment. Safe kind of really encouraging, nurturing. Yeah, we um I'm I work really hard yeah. on that part yeah. because like the harsh reality is less than, you know, 30% of military is minorities, right? So I have to do that extra work to make sure it is a safe place for people regardless of I'm working. I'm I'm working with other orgs for 2021. To even include more inclusion cool. into it when in life, because I'm trying to, you know, one of my missions, one of the things that I am really hard on myself on is that, oh, we don't attract no women, but I know there are a lot of women veterans out there. So I need to do the work to attract women sure. veterans so they feel like a safe place, the same way with minorities. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, you know, because as a black person, I understand that feeling where people tend to make you feel like you can't be black and a veteran. You either have to be on the veteran scope or you in the veteran community, you have to be in the black community. You can't be in both. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can sit at all the lunch tables. Mm-hmm. Like, you, know, just, you don't have to pick one, right? Sure. So, yeah. like, that's those are two things, like, that I'm really trying to hammer down and work on in 2021. Sure. And I'm hoping... That, you know, all the things, like, I can't say what all I'm doing, okay. going, like, shock and awe people. <laughs> but I'm hoping that the things I'm working on, like, has positive impact and changes the culture, sure. like, beyond, like, not just tech culture, beyond how people look at things. Like, there was initially a huge movement that kind of died off in which, you know, they were trying to show that, you know, veterans you know, don't all look and act alike. And I'm hoping to, you know, kind of bring that resurgence back to where people are seeing, you know, and, you know, GitHub has really helped me with that as well. Like, you know, Veterans Day popped up and the biggest story on the web uh, was like uh, the Captain America of Code. And, you know, here's this black guy, it was Air Force. People are like, ooh, what's going on here? Uh, like, this is intriguing. Like, it's not someone named Captain America and not Chris Evans. Like, okay. Tell me more. So like that, you know, you know, it's all a work in progress, but it's all working. Right. So I'm very, you know, happy for this because it's like, you know, this is my life's work is trying to create something that makes it easier for people to never feel like how I felt Mm -hmm. getting out of the military. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's a story of, uh, it's an arc, if you will, of trying to, you know, be the hero Your you need. journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love the retool, retrain, relaunch. I think that that language is really encouraging and thoughtful of like, let's get you, let's launch you into this and equip you with the skills and tools you need to enter this space. And yeah, I mean, I appreciate in just like the language on the site too. It's cool that you spouses are able to apply and participate. That's incredible. I mean, spouses are just as part of military as active duty. Like they feel, I actually had a spouse, an active duty troop that was also a military spouse. She explained it to me like, you know, you kind of get forgotten through the, you know, weeds when it comes to assistance, even though you're the person that has to hold the family down when people are deployed. You're the person that has to do all this, you know, stuff. And like, if you're a two income household and guess what happens, you know, you got to put your stuff on hold. You know, if you want to be a lawyer, and this guy decided, gets orders to Germany, like you can't practice law in Germany 
So now you're a law degree at working at the, the VAs. Like, who, these are the type of sacrifices you make. I want to ask, you know, resources wise um, that we can share with the audience. I'm going to include in the show notes uh, that's who code.io and everything we've kind of talked about today. Are there other things that you kind of want to shout out? Um, right, right now, I'm really loving, I'm still loving the uh, power <laughs> of serverless uh, on CSS tricks. Right. Uh, so serverless.css-tricks.com is a great website. Um, Humane by Design. Uh, I have a friend, John. He's in Detroit. He does a lot of crazy cool things uh, with, with the craft of teaching user experience. So uh, he's a good, he's definitely a good person um, and a good website. So Humane by Design or uh, Laws of UX. He actually has a book called Laws of UX. It's out. He turned the website into a book. O'Reilly um, is pushing it. So if you um, are looking for a dope book on uh, user experience and the laws of it. You got to get that book. Like I've learned so much about user experience from uh, from him, and I literally only like have like have had like two three conversations about this subject twice. Like we very funny story like how tech connects us right we are both memphians that left memphis to like do other to do things in our craft at a higher rate and we sit there and we talk about it and you're like yo this is kind of cool there you know there are people like to you know we're out here and we're still doing things and it's super weird because or at least for me it's weird because i try not to be like attached to any city and stuff he's all detroit down like all this other stuff. I'm like, I'm not. And you, I don't have any Tennessee Titans gear, Nashville Predators gear, and nothing like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's very fun, like to you know, just see people like, you know, just thriving in their craft. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and the community as well. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. Oh, I love it. Well, goodness, thank you so much. For you know, giving me this time today, sharing your story about that's who code, and I, I I'm so excited for listeners to learn more about it, support it, um, become a mentor, apply, all the things. Um, but where where can people find you online? Uh, you guys can find me at Jerome Hardaway on Twitter or at Jerome Hardaway uh, on GitHub. Like I'm just Jerome Hardaway on all the websites. So like that's easy. I'm right, very yeah, I'm very boring. Like <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you. Yeah. Um well Jerome, thank you so much again. And I so, so appreciate you uh, you chatting with me today. All right, no problem. Thank you for um inviting me on. Of course. Talk to you soon. Same to you. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at lolocoding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.